This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And a beautiful Saturday morning to a beautiful friend of mine uh, by the name of Charlie Dobbin, who Aww. sits to my left. Thank you. And, 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 uh, I like the beautiful part. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll continue in that fashion then, yes. <laughs> and it's the lovely Frank Proctor here. True. And, uh, <laughs> True. <laughs> yes, thank you. And a good morning to Sebastian, who handles all of calls that you'll be making to talk to Charlie. Mm-hmm. Any question at all, we'll... <laughs> we'll. Yeah, I love yeah, that. The yeah. royal we. I love we'll that, We'll try too. to handle, okay? We'll. Look All right. Yeah, here are the Don't here, worry. Are the, here are the numbers. We're here oh, to cut help. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty, or any, anywhere in the province, toll free. Okay, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. We'd be delighted to hear from you, and uh, as is her wont, um, we will. Uh, what? Sorry, I was just, we have a new, our monitor looks different. Oh, and yeah. I guess when the phone rings, look what happens. Oh, my gosh. And then Sebastian will answer and it'll change another color. Anyway, well, it's something? very bright. It's extremely distracting. Um, anyway, here we are. Yes. Uh, happy April 23rd. Yes. Uh, Earth Day was yesterday. Yeah, that's right, right. Yeah. yeah. Earth Day was yesterday and, or I mean, yeah, and uh, Passover started yesterday, last night, at exactly. sundown. So lots right. going on. April is a lovely month, as you know. Okay, I have so many announcements. We, we could just cancel all the calls. I don't think we should do that, no. Because <laughs> I could just go on and on. Okay. All right, I've mentioned the worm castings already. If you want worm castings, email rhswormcastings at gmail.com. You only have until May the 4th to place an order for worm castings. Very good price, excellent soil amendment, can't go wrong. It's a fundraiser for the Riverdale Hort Society. Pickup, of course, is Saturday, May the 7th. Toronto Botanical Gardens is celebrating Earth Day today. Uh, lots going on there. It's a free family Earth Day celebration. You should take your grandkids to this. It's a beautiful day to be outside. There's guided hikes, blender bike rides, dinosaur kale planting, and what else? Scavenger hunts, crafts, story time, performances, and wow. more. That's today from noon until 4 at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 777 Lawrence Avenue East at uh, Leslie. Uh, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is hosting a meeting tomorrow at 2 o'clock at the Royal Botanical Garden Centre, 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. It's in rooms 3 and 4. The speaker is a senior research technician for the Canadian Hardy Rose Program at Vineland Research Centre. It's an incredible opportunity to learn about the Canadian Rose Breeding Program and the new Hardy Roses 
they are working on and also learn about some of the, the roses that have, were, were bred in Canada yeah. and, you know, the whole pride that go, was with that. You know what? Yukon gold potatoes, right? You've heard oh, of yes. Them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those were bred at Guelph, at the University of Guelph, by a Canadian. Now, of course, the Americans like to take some kind of that's theirs, but it's not. <laughs> Yukon golds were bred uh, in Canada. And the 50th anniversary is this year, 1966. Hey, that's when the flag. Well, the the son of the guy who was involved in the breeding, uh, because the the people are all dead that were the actual breeders. He really wants to make a big splash. Like he wants to like potato festivals everywhere, and you know, raise the flag and you know, dance around and potato head. Exactly, eat a lot of potatoes. So, uh, it's cute though. I mean, it's good to know. Uh, tomorrow as well, the Greater Toronto Water Garden and Hort Society holding their regular meeting at the Banbury Community Centre, 120, <clears throat> excuse me, Banbury Road in North York. That's at 1230. And the speakers, Marion Jarvie, on this subject of texture in landscaping around a pond. Alrighty. Uh, okay, just quickly because this is next Thursday. This is a different one too. The Canadian Chrysanthemum and Dahlia Society is holding some plant sales. This is a specialty group. They're all about chrysanthemums and dahlias. So they've got an indoor auction at the Toronto Botanical Gardens Thursday evening from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Well, how many, how many uh, varieties of chrysanthemums and, and Chrysanthemums. Dahlias? Oh, yeah. we could look it up. But I, oh, Hundreds? Probably thousands. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Dahlias, there's big ones, there's little ones, there's every color of the rainbow. Wow. And the flowers come in many different shapes. I always remember walking in downtown uh, Vancouver years and years ago, and it was dark and mm-hmm. sidewalk and residential, and I could see this flower in somebody's this front yard, and, you know, it was dim light because the street lights weren't very bright, and, it's, you know, Vancouver is so thick with foliage. Yeah, yeah. Big, monster red flowers. I was what? is that? So there I am, you know, walking up their lawn to go look closer to see what it was, and it was a dahlia, and you would not believe it the was, they call them dinner plate dahlias, well, because they, the flowers are the size of a dinner plate. For those of you who don't have TV installed in order to pick up the picture that Charlie <laughs> is indicating with her hands, it looks to be like the si- size of a big, large pumpkin. Di- all, uh, well, dinner yeah, plate, right? Dinner ten plate, inch, yeah. whatever dinner plate is, nine yeah, or ten yeah. inches across. These flowers were huge. I had never seen flowers that big. That's why I had to go see what they were. Anyway, uh, one more thing. Next Saturday, the Toronto Rhododendron Society plant sale is happening on Saturday, uh, again at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, 10 until 2. This, again, is a specialty opportunity because there will be a large assortment of rhododendrons, azaleas, and companion plants. Very wonderful opportunity for some unusual. So more information, www.onrodos.com plant sale for more details. Alrighty, Charlie Dobbin and her notes for this Saturday morning, 23rd of uh, April. My That's gosh. Right. And a beautiful day on the way. Get some folks out into the garden after they listen to all your sage advice. <laughs> we'll be along with uh, the callers in just a moment here on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM downtown. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And I was so wrapped up in listening to Charlie and concentrating on what she was saying that I forgot to actually (laughs) give our little motto, which is call early, call often, one question per call. And if you are a first-time caller, let Sebastian know, and you shall hear this. 
Welcome. Yes. Your wings. The welcoming, welcoming wings. bell in the wings. Already. Let's uh, go to the phone lines, huh? Oh, sure. You think so? I, yeah, I okay. So. <laughs> hey, Rose out in Wasaga Beach. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie. I'm a first-time caller. Whoa, that's the best. Yeah, I'm sorry about my raspy voice. I'm just fighting over a cold. Honey, oh, okay. this is concerned Amanda Villa. I uh-huh. saved it from last year, even though they said you couldn't. Mm-hmm. The silly things are starting to sprout now, <laughs> but as soon as it gets up about a foot height, the, the, the points break off. So is it a good idea to, set, to save Amanda Villa from year to year? It can be saved. If Do you have a sunny location that you can put it in? Like the, uh, like a super sunny window or patio door? Yes, I did. Uh, but unfortunately, like I said, it started sprouting in January already. Well, that, that's all right if it sprouts. I think the main trick with Mandevilla is when we bring them in at the end of the summer, they tend to be quite large and then they – big plants. And then they slow down for the winter. Then they start to sprout like crazy when the days get longer. And that's why pruning before that new growth starts is Uh-oh. always a good idea. Yeah, because the wood part, it doesn't start sprouting on the bottom with the wooden part. It's about sprouting on the tips. That's right. And, and like so, I said, it's up to about a foot and a half high now, but the, the tips actually break up at the end. Yeah, because they're they very... They dry up. Yeah, they're probably... Well, pro- they might be a little bit on the weak side, the brittle side, uh, and the lack of light side can, can make them very long and stringy and thin. Yeah. So what I would do is as soon as you start to get a little bit of green growth on the tips, get out your scissors and cut those tips off. And you're going to try and like leave okay wait till you've got like an inch of new growth yeah and then cut half an inch off i see it also might be pet bound because it's still it's an original pound from last year it could be i mean you could if you can lift it up and see where the roots are growing out the bottom of the drainage holes Mm -hmm. that will help you know gorgeous gorgeous pink plant everybody in the neighborhood's admiring in the summer yeah yeah oh it's good to hold on to it don't don't worry you can keep it alive the main thing is yes you're right you may need to repot do some pruning to force new growth from the bottom, which is what that pruning will do. And as soon as you can get it outside, even just for a couple hours during the day, if you have a... I do that during the day. Well, not the last two days, but no. last week when it was Good. Like warm, I had her outside. Perfect. And keep okay. doing that until you can leave it outside once we're frost-free, and then you can start fertilizing at that point. Thanks ever so much, darling. Okay. Thanks. All right. Really. I need to throw it away. No, don't. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Oh, thank thanks. you, Rose. Have a lovely day. Thanks yeah, thank for taking you. my call. Well, thank you. Our pleasure. Isn't that nice? Now, let me see how good my memory is. Uh, when I used to live in Goodwood many, many years ago, uh, I was more familiar with the area. And there's, we're going to go to Blackstock, which I believe is on Highway 7A. Yeah, it's if east. I'm not mis- east. Joyce, maybe Port you can Perry. confirm all that. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Ma- Hello to Frank from our community days from CKLY. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, isn't that nice of you to call? Anyway, I'm a first-time caller. Oh, hold on then. My. <laughs> Welcome. You have wings. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. They, I'm pretty earthbound most of the time. There you go. <laughs> anyway, I have some seedlings, mm-hmm. uh, little tomato plants, and uh, some of them are just toppling over, and mm-hmm. I fear I have something in them, and I'm wondering what I can do for them. So toppling over and then lying flat on the soil. That's right. And proceeding to shrivel up. That's You have it right. Okay, so what you have is a fungal disease called... I was afraid of that. ...damping off. Yep. So what you need to do... Um, have you got more than one seedling in each of your little pots, or have you yep. just... You do. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So the best thing you can do is get, I assume they're in a fairly bright location in terms of the light. That's right. And then I put them out in my little greenhouse. 
Okay. Yep. Are they out in the greenhouse now, or you put them out later when later it gets warmer? Day. Oh, in the day. Okay. Yep. Um, air circulation. <clears throat> you need more air circulation. Do you have some kind of a little table fan you could set up? I could. Okay. Yep. And and blow air across the surface of the soil. And when you go out, assuming there's electricity out in your greenhouse, take that fan with you. Okay. You're going to try and minimize the problems with the damping off fungus by increasing air circulation and by watering very carefully. Okay. So Maybe I've been watering them too much. Perhaps. Yeah. So slow down on your watering. And you might even consider watering just from below, trying to avoid yep. getting the plants wet. And cross uh-huh. your fingers that there is some survival. I hope you have more seeds. You may have to start them again. I was afraid of that. Yeah. Yep, okay. I do. All right, good. Okay. Okay. I thank you. And yeah. hello once again, Frank. Well, yeah. thank you, Joyce. It's delightful to talk to you again. Yeah. Thanks okay. for calling. There you go. All righty. Have a great day, and thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, we have a busy morning going here, Charlie. We do. Uh, yeah, let's uh, take a... Well, I was going to say we'll uh, take a little ride out to Eris, Ontario, and there's Laura. Hi, Laura. Good morning. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Uh, uh, Charlie, I have a butterfly bush here, mm-hmm. and uh, I read in the paper somebody who's a gardener, mm-hmm. allegedly, <laughs> said that in the spring you cut it down to within... To six inches, a high to six inches? Yep. Crab's mine's over five feet high. Mine is the same. Every year, as long as it's in lots of sun, every year grows five, six feet high. But in the spring, if you wait for it to start to green up, it's very sporadic where the leaves will come from. So basically we treat butterfly bush like we would treat a herbaceous perennial, uh, though technically butterfly bush is a woody perennial. Yes. So you're going to cut it right down to, well, not necessarily six inches, cut down to whatever buds are about six inches above the, above the, the crown of the plant, above right. the ground. And, or, and you can wait. You can wait till the, the growth starts to emerge and just cut down to the green. That's an option, too. I think you'll find that the top couple of feet will not have any green whatsoever and will need to be pruned out no matter what. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I wasn't sure when I read that. I thought because I didn't think you had said that before. Yeah, yeah. That's the that's the best way is just leave them for the winter, prune them down in the spring. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got mine covered oh. all around the root. Oh, okay. With so, uh, cedar cuttings. All right. And so, I've, and you've taken that away now? No, not yet. I no. would because right now those cedar cuttings are keeping the ground cold, keeping it frozen. So uh, yeah. Well, it's supposed to be minus two tomorrow morning out here. Yeah, but minus two won't kill a butterfly bush. But no, you're right. You've left them there this long. So leave them for another 48 hours and then get pull them away because you do want that sun to penetrate and thaw the earth, warm the soil, wake up the plants. Right, right. Okay. Okay, thanks, Charlie. You're very welcome. Okay. Thanks for your call. Have a great day out there in Eris, thanks, uh, Laura. And, okay. uh, I hope to hear you later. Yes, you will. Funny two, bone. two o'clock, yeah. Oh, yeah, my little that's Frankie's the, Funny Bone story. That's the, always the favorite part of the entire show, eh? <laughs> exactly. Frankie's right. Funny Bone. Is that like a joke or you just yeah, tell I a silly tell, story? Yeah, I tell a little joke. The listeners supply me, actually. Really? And some, sometimes they're, they're kind of... Risque? Uh, 
Well, they on, on the uh, on the edge. <laughs> <laughs> I try to get a laugh out of Sebastian, which you know is, is difficult not at times. easy. No, Absolutely, it's right. man, his face. Whew. Hey, I want to take a little trip out to Fergus right now. That Love okay it with you. Yeah, beautiful. Place. Because Lawrence is there or the, in the Fergus area, and he's a first-time caller. Nice. There we are. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning. I'm a vegetable gardener, uh-huh. and uh, for years I've been trying to find a garlic that has some good taste to it. <clears throat> Lately, I think what's happened is they've uh, genetically modified the garlic, so there's hardly any taste to it. The garlic. I was wondering if you could help me out. Okay, so the garlic you buy at the grocery store, always check and make sure where it was grown. <clears throat> if it was grown in China... I don't buy those. Yeah, I was going to say, it has not been genetically modified, but it has been irradiated uh, before it travels across the ocean on a ship in refrigeration where it would start to grow. So because of the cool temperatures, so they they kill it by irradiating it so it doesn't grow. You don't want that. No. Um, Okay, so good garlic. This is a great question, actually. Hungarian purple stripe is one of my all-time favorite garlics. I know oh, your really? your I, eyebrows just yeah, popped I up. Yeah. I know too. Um, and I got Hungarian purple stripe organic garlic from a little tiny store in the middle of nowhere in Vermont five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I just continue to save some and replant it, right? So, you know, you plant as much as you can. And you just slowly build up your crop over time. I mean, I only had a couple of bulbs when I started, but now I'm up to about 30 or 40 or something. So, yeah, slow process. Now, where would you get such a thing? There is a garlic festival every year in Toronto. Um, There's also a great book written by a local Ontario author named Liz Primo, which is the whole story of garlic. And she lists lots of names and and qualities of the different garlics. And some are better for cooking and some are better for, you know, frying or fresh or, you know, different uses, um, making, you know, culinary sauces, etc. So I would highly recommend checking out Liz's book. So Liz, P-R-I-M-E-A-U, for more names. Uh, and I will look up when the garlic festival is happening and, and let you know. You, maybe you can make a point of attending that because for sure you could pick up uh, some really great uh, varieties at that. Good. Uh, I've tried a few Russian varieties, mm-hmm. and uh, they have a different kind of taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the garlic that we usually buy in stores, including jars of garlic, uh, I find that they have very little taste and mm-hmm. and. I grew up uh, mm-hmm. in Saskatchewan next to a Ukrainian community, exactly. and uh, we sure knew when they ate garlic. <laughs> that's oh, right. Yeah. No, that's absolutely Whoa. true. Yeah, yeah, no, and you want that. You want it to have the bite. Well, sure. And yeah, exactly. Some varieties are definitely definitely bitier than others. So uh, uh, yeah. Let's... So the other question I have, if I can, oh, oh uh, sorry, actually, what fertilizer Lawrence, would Lawrence, I use on garlic? <laughs> Lawrence, I, I'm sorry. Uh, it's one question per call. Okay. okay. So, but you can call back, right, you know, and see if you can get on again. All okay. right. All right. And, it's just and to I'll just everybody. tell you right now that actually I never fertilize my garlic, but I do make sure it's in a very organic, well-drained soil. So lots of compost. And that's what feeds the garlic slowly during the growing season. But good drainage is super important with any bulb plant. Thank you very much. Very clever. You've got your answer there. Good for you. Okay. Thanks a lot, Lawrence, and uh, thank you for being Thanks a first-time caller. My gosh, uh, what's going on here? We have another first-time caller. What? Yes. Wow. L- uh, further out east, Newcastle, there's Glenda. Good morning, Glenda, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Welcome. 
great to talk to you guys. Thanks for um, calling. My husband and I bought a lemon tree. Mm-hmm. It's about um, two feet tall, and it's flowering, and little lemons are coming on it. Aww. However, um, I'm getting some offshoots that don't have any flower on them, and I'm wondering if I should prune those and whether I should fertilize. Okay, so the little offshoots are not coming off the stem, right? They're coming off the tips of the branches. That's right. Yep, that's fine. Yep, leave those. Don't okay. don't prune those. That's just new growth, right? That's just yes. natural new growth, and that's a response to the longer days. Yes, you should fertilize. Okay. All-purpose or flowering plant fertilizer. Right. It has some little green balls of fertilizer on top right now. Right. How long ago did you get the plant? Um, about six weeks ago. Um. Yeah, so what they do, the growers will just dump fertilizer slowly fertilizer onto the surface of a potted soil. But your lemon tree will have come from the States. It probably came from Florida. Yeah, we got it from the local florist here mm. in town. Yeah. And all those, the tropicals typically all come from Florida now. They're all, the big tropicals are all imported. So right. um, what I would do is I would assume that the stuff you're looking at on the surface, if you look at it closely, it's probably completely empty. Like if you try squeezing some of those balls, they're huh? probably just little shells oh, okay. because the fertilizer is long gone and what you're looking at is the casing of right. what was holding fertilizer. So, yeah, liquid fertilizer is what I would use, a water-soluble yeah. uh, mixed up in watering can. Make sure you've got this lemon tree in a very bright, sunny location. I do. I have it in a southwest window. Okay. Uh, mist it on occasion if you like misting or spritzing. Oh, okay. Because yeah, some of the leaves are curling, too. Yeah. You've got to maintain humidity on that okay. plant and be very careful to not overwater. Okay. So water thoroughly when it's when it's dry. When it's dry. But let it dry down between waterings. Like so, you know, it's easy to overwater when they're fairly big plants. Yeah. Get a moisture meter if that will help. Okay. So you'll know because the surface might look dry, but there could be lots of moisture four inches down in the pot. Right. 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 Uh, so that's where a little probe or meter can help. Okay. And uh, yeah, lovely plants, fragrant flowers, it and is. Yeah, edible fruit here in the kitchen. Can't go uh-huh. wrong. Yep. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thanks. Let okay. us know how that works out. Yes. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay, Glenda. Thank you. Another yeah. first time caller. That's super. I think we've broken yeah. a record. Yeah, you know, I think so, Four too. Four out of five callers have been first-time callers. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, Dorothy, out there in, well, out there the in Toronto. In, out there in She's Toronto. probably right outside the window, <laughs> banging on the window. She wants our attention. Good okay. morning, Dorothy. Hello? Are you talking to me? Yes, we are, Dorothy. I'm in Toronto. Yes. Yep. We okay. knew that. I Welcome. bought a cyclamen plant, and uh, you said to water it from the bottom. Uh-huh. That I did, and I got lots of blossoms. Nice. But the leaves turned white or yellow or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, did they die or should they be watered from the top? No, no. Keep watering from the bottom when it's dry. Allow the plant to, to get, like, feel the soil or feel the weight of the pot. Allow it to get quite dry uh, between waterings and then only water from the bottom. And water, you know, a substantial amount. It might be like a half a cup, of, depending on the size of the pot you've got there. But it's not just like a teaspoon of water. Like, you've got to put a fair amount. And if the leaves have all dropped, don't worry about it. More leaves will come. Keep it like you're doing, though. As soon as things are yellow or shriveled up or fallen over, either, you know, cut out the, the shriveled bits or pull out so that you're always keeping it fresh and clean and perky looking. And do I fertilize it at all? You could. You could. I mean, it's it's obviously a happy plant. So, and it's at right time of the year to fertilize all of our plants. They are actively growing. So, And will this plant last all summer? To tell you the truth... 
I gave my mom a cyclamen two years ago, and it has flowered nonstop since then. So, yes, it can last. As long as you give it the right care, it can last for a very long time. Thank you very much, Dorothy. Just around the corner here in Toronto on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. And uh, we're going to take a little trip. Oh, lovely uh, little town is... Um, oh, sorry, where are we going? Uh, Brighton. Oh, yeah, Brighton. Nice. And boy, what a, what a great name for a gardener or someone who likes flowers. Rose is <laughs> on the line. Hey, Rose, good morning. Good morning. I've called before, yes, and I've always received good help. Um, I listened to different weeks when you were talking about moss. Now, I do have it here and there in my yard. I have a lot of trees. I did go to our local greenhouse and bought the horticultural lime. Mm -hmm. And I know you said take the moss off. Mm -hmm. Now I'm wondering, do I dig that soil and put the lime on and then put topsoil on it, or what's the way to do it? Well, Okay, so is it a shady area in your in, on your property? Where I'm going to be doing this, yeah. Yeah, where the moss exists. And is it a low-lying? Is it, does it tend to be a damp spot? Well, I don't really think so. Uh, I do have a lot of trees. Right. I love the trees, and uh, we love the shade. So um, I wouldn't say it's a low, damp spot. No, not where my lot is. Okay. The reason I ask is just because lime is, is a placebo in a sense. Like, it will... Actually, not a placebo. It's a it's a temporary fix because yeah. lime will change the pH of your soil and make it a place that moss will not thrive in because moss loves an acidic soil. So adding horticultural lime will raise your pH, bring it closer to neutral. Moss will have trouble growing. But if it's continues to be shady and it continues to be damp, then slowly but surely the moss will move back in. Oh. So uh, if possible, I would definitely remove the moss. I would do a pH, a soil test, at least a pH test on that soil where the moss is growing. Okay. You can just get a very simple, I'm sure your local Canadian Tire um, or... Uh, or hard hardware store. Yeah, hardware store, Connor Nursery in uh, Brighton. They will have a little simple pH, like a soil pH test. Mm -hmm. And it might just be, you know, litmus paper. It's going to go pink or blue. It's just going to tell you, you know, acidic or alkali. And that will in confirm that that's what's going on, that you mm -hmm. do have a low pH and that the lime is a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, but... I would do, I would almost be inclined to, once you've taken the moss off, rather than adding topsoil, I'd be inclined to add some sand or some some uh, material that will help with drainage. Because oh, okay. yeah. when the soil tends to be a little on the soggy side, mm -hmm. it does become often, like I said, acidic, right. and the low pH leads to, to moss. Yes, and um, with where I bought it at the local, it's Wayne's Greenhouses, and they oh, yeah. used to be in Toronto. And oh, yeah, yeah. moved down here years ago, and now the two sons run the business. Nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Hey. Brighton's well, a you beautiful town. Thank you You're always so helpful. Thank and you. I always listen every week, and e thanks again. Excellent. Thank you very much, Rose. Delightful lady from Brighton. I know. And, I, uh, I spoke mm -hmm. at the Brighton Horticultural Society not that long ago, you know? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's a couple of years, but still, and, and it's such a pretty town. I think not only did they roll out the red carpet, they had a, a tiara for you. I do no, they took me out for dinner, though, oh, and me with wine, so that Ooh, was good. All right. <laughs> and, and when, Better than a tiara. Whenever Charlie is going on a speaking tour, she always takes her wine bag with her you know, you for should. refills. No, okay. I do not. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> want you to know I was out pulling weeds yesterday oh, yes? in my lawn. And I did not take any wine with me. It was a little early in the day. <laughs> oh, dear. Sun's not over the yard arm, I see. Okay. Somewhere it was, but well, not at my place. <laughs> it's 940. The Garden Show is on the air. We shall return to our callers in just a moment. 
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. You know, Charlie, I'm just glancing out the window here from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, and I can't see a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful day. I know. Another one of those beautiful blue days. Oh, gosh, yes. Well, how are things? How are the skies there in Elmira? Let's find out. Alan on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I morning, have uh, three mandevillas I brought in last fall, mm-hmm. and uh, they're in a room that was about 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. And about December, the leaves all died off. Mm-hmm. Now, everything, there's no leaves on it now, so I was wondering whether it's dead or whether it'll come back. So they're still in that room, that cool room? Well, I've got, they've been outside now for a few days. Okay. So, and no leaves. Have you watered at all? No, it's, uh, I've been using the moisture tester, and it's just about halfway up, eh? Oh, okay. So the... So the the cool room where they were all winter, was there any light in there or was it a dark yeah. room? Yeah. Oh, okay. And when was the last time you watered? I haven't watered now for, well, the last was when they got some rain the other day. Oh, okay. But but would you have watered in the fall before you brought them in? Yeah, and, they were, it was fairly damp when it went yeah. in the fall. Yeah, and then you, you didn't water while they were in that cool room, not, but it was... Not br- too much, Not no. too much. Um, okay, um... Well, it's hard to say. I would suggest that it's still a little bit too cool to have the Mandeville outside. It is a tropical plant, remember. It's yeah. a plant that wants to live in Florida and, you know, bask in the sun. So we do have that weather coming, but we're not there yet. I would be inclined to bring the plants back in, particularly for the night, because it's well, going to be yeah, cool. Well, they're in right now. They're in, in fact, they're in the greenhouse, and the temperature in there is gets pretty warm in the daytime. Okay. So sometimes plants go dormant and then they stay dormant. And so what we want to do is, you, you're absolutely right, do not water until they are dry. So if they're damp still, no watering. They're in warmth, they're in heat, they're in sun, all good. Uh, I would suggest some pruning. Not a lot of pruning, but just tip pruning everything. And uh, and then by the tip pruning, you hopefully will wake this plant up and all those little fast asleep buds will start to pop because that's basically yeah. what you want to do. They're about uh, two feet tall, so what would I take off? Uh... Is the two feet from last year's two feet? Yeah, because yeah, there's I been... I bought them last year. Yeah, and there's been no growth yet this year. No. Right. So, um, yeah, I... You could take as much as a third off if you wanted to, but no more than a third and even less if you want. You know, take off, uh, you know, an inch or so off all the stems, the tips of the stems. So they might come back then? They might, yeah, if if they're alive. I mean, that's how you're going to figure out whether they're alive or not. By pruning, they're either going to wake up and grow or they're just going to continue to sit there as little brown sticks and not use any moisture. And you're going to say, okay, these, these plants are dead. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'll give them some more heat then. All right, okay. thank you. Let Put, us know how that works out. Okay, thank you. On. Okay, thank you, Ellen. Nice I love to have you people with greenhouses. Well, yeah, lucky, man. eh? Lucky. I need one. You of should those. have a. You should have a greenhouse in your backyard. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, 
Well, sure. I'm telling you, with all the barrels of money you got, I was going to say, garden. I know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, money dripping out of my pocket. Yeah, I say, hey, you know, we're going on a real long ride here. Now, I know, Charlie. one of our favorite callers. Yep, Rick up there in White River. Uh, can you see the ground yet? Or are you still covered in <laughs> snow up there? Well, I can see the ground, but I stuck a spade in it, and there's only like bounced frost there yet. Bounced <laughs> right back, did it? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I was up island in BC last year, and I picked up some garlic at $16 a pound. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have a couple of heads of that. Can I plant that? Uh, you can. Planting in the spring is doable, but the optimal time to plant garlic is in the fall. Fall time, eh? But if you've got the garlic and you don't want to lose it, get some in the as soon as your ground is workable. I would get you know break the clo- the cloves open, the bulbs open, take individual cloves, get them get them in the ground as soon as you, the ground is, um, yeah, right, workable, <laughs> well drained, full sun. Well, that's I can only ask you one question. So, but is that a good garlic? Is that something you want to keep more of? Well, well you know. I- all you can buy up here is that China stuff. So Oh, good. Yeah. So you definitely want to get more. Yeah, yeah. So don't, it'll just shrivel up on your shelf. So uh, either eat it or plant it. <laughs> I uh, would recommend planting. Okay. <laughs> All right, Rick. God bless. Have a good one. Thank yeah, you. Thank you very much, Rick. And, uh, you okay, know wait, what? wait. I just want to go. Well, I, I don't know what you were going to say. Oh, what no, were you going to say? No, I just got to plug the lines. It's okay, gonna, go ahead. Yeah, okay, let me. Well, you organize yourself there. I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll let the folks know about the phone lines. Okay, in Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free. Doesn't cost you a penny. 1-866-740-4740. And you were just going to your notes there, miss. Yes, dear. I have no organizing to do, but thank you for offering me the opportunity. <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention, uh, we're getting some garlic calls, and as you recognize, we had a call from Lawrence in Fergus looking for some good garlic. Now, I can tell you that there is a lovely website called garlicgrowers.on.ca. So that's Ontario Garlic Growers. On this website, they are advertising all the different uh, garlic festivals. So we've got Halliburton, we've got Perth, we've got Toronto. Well, I think well, no, I don't think there is one. It was Stratford. Oh, wouldn't you know? Stratford might be place. the closest one to uh, Lawrence, who's up in uh, Laura area, Fergus. But bottom line is, do it. Go for it. There's one in Woodstock. There's all kinds of great garlic recipes and why you should buy Ontario garlic and, you know, what are some of the different kinds of garlic. So quite uh, quite educational. Yep. So that's my suggestion for anybody who wants to know more about garlic. There you go. There you are. Direct from the uh, from uh, Charlie Dobbin. <laughs> direct, <laughs> like like direct from Liberty Village. Yes, exactly. And Charlie and Frank. Do you direct. Know? Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, everything is tickety boo with you. I tell you, coming up roses. You got oh. Very good, thank you. <laughs> hey, Dorothy uh, in Toronto. Hello. First time caller. Hey, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Yeah, everything's coming up roses, but not for me. Right. I, I don't have very good luck with roses. I nasturtiums and violets and pansies. Every type of flower that I've planted, I've had 
really good luck with. Mm. But roses, I don't know what it is. Maybe. You know what? It, I just think off the top of my head, how much sun are you putting these roses into? Well, I have a western like exposure. It's really, really hot. Okay, but when does the sun actually hit the, the garden? It starts at about 12 noon oh, okay. till till the evening, till the sun goes down. Oh, okay, so it's very exposed for to the west. Okay, because that, you know, roses in that kind of a sun location would be, that would be, you know, fine amount of light. Okay. Then the next question, of course, would be soil. So is that what's happened? You've planted roses and they just don't survive? Or? Well, the, the, you know, the stems there are green, the mm-hmm. color green there, they go black. And uh, maybe winter. I'm giving too much water. I started watering them from the bottom and they're doing a little bit better, so maybe that was it. But I heard you say one morning, with roses, don't um, plant them too deep into the ground. Is okay. that true? Well, yes. Yeah, so I just need to clarify. So the roses that you've had trouble with, they're, in, they're potted roses inside your house, or these, is, these are roses well, outside? Well, I put them out in the summertime, but I bring them in, and amazingly, they last it. They're still alive. Mm. No flowers on them, no roses. That is good. But they're living pretty good. I have two two of them. And these are mini roses, probably? Yeah, mini yeah. roses. Okay. Well, all right. So it's great that you actually overwintered them in the house because typically in our dry, furnace-ridden homes, mm-hmm. spider mites will appear out of who knows where and attack your roses and wipe them out. So that's they're very, very susceptible to spider mite, and it's always in January where they kind of arrive. So oh. so that's great. Now, And also remember, roses very naturally want a sleepy time. They can't grow roses in Florida because there's no sleep, right? There's no cold. Oh, right, yeah. Right? They just get thin and soft and weak, and then they just turn to mush. Oh. So so an, a rose, by virtue of being a rose, does need a dormant time. It does need a sleep. And that's why I was just wondering whether, yeah, inside or outside. So that's great that you've overwintered them and now you're going to slowly take them out on sunny days, bring them in on cold nights, slowly but surely get them out into the sun. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to plant them in the ground, just ensure that your your soil has been well amended with lots of good organic m- composted manure, that sort of thing. Okay, so I bought special soil mm-hmm. at the um, uh, Tate's, um, I asked Mrs. Tate about it, and she gave me a special soil. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite expensive, but it was supposed to really work. So, And that's for this going in the ground or in pots? In the ground, okay. because I want to bring them outside. Yep. And plant them outside. Good idea. Yeah. No, that's a great idea. So when it's time to plant, which it won't be for a while yet, it's another month anyway, then yes, indeed, you'll be digging out some of your existing soil, nice sunny location, getting the nice, fresh, rose-growing soil. Uh, Bone meal is, I'm a huge fan of bone meal when I plant roses. And then, you know. Where do you get bone meal? Back, back, same nursery, same garden center where you can get good soils. So you just ask for some bone meal and, yeah, a handful of that goes into the hole. And, yeah, get them in the ground, water thoroughly once, enjoy. They'll pop out with all kinds of flowers once, June, and all the big sun arrives. All right. Oh, great. Thank you. Thanks Thank you very much, call. Dorothy. I'll have to call again because I have um, another, you only allowed one question. That's right. <laughs> avocado plant, so. Good okay. for you. <laughs> I'll call next week. Thank you so much, Thank you. Charlie. Thank Thanks you. for calling. That's why that call early call, call often comes. The really earlier important. you call, the more yeah. likely you are to get on. You bet. And your services have been called upon. I just want to let everybody know. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Charlie has a new, um, well, 
uh, new it's work new to old. Do. It's a new old job. <laughs> new old job. Yeah. Well, but... because I spent many years in retail, uh, garden center work. Yeah. F- way back, twenty years ago, and so now I have decided to take a full time job running a garden center for Can- my local Canadian Tire. Well, good for you. So in South Richmond Hill. And it's the Silver what? Silver, Silver Linden? Linden, I think it's called. Yeah. Yeah, Silver so Linden. you can always come visit me if you want, you want, you know, face-to-face advice. <laughs> Canadian oh. Tire at 250-250 Silver Linden Drive That's in Richmond, Richmond Hill. Hill. Yeah, between Young and Bayview, just off Highway 7. Are you going to be there on Monday? Yeah. Yep. Ooh, first day, right. first day. I'll first probably, day in the job. probably have long underwear on and a <laughs> scarf and a two because it's going to be chilly, <laughs> chilly and damp. Don't bring your wine bag. That would not oh, be a good thing. Would you stop? You are well. just spreading rumors. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, it's been fun this morning. I have a lot of great callers. Uh, yes, my God, indeed. As, as I wish usual. we could have got to more, but we do get chatting, don't yeah, we? Uh, well, yes, we do. Oh, you know what? Very quickly. Oh, I've got ten seconds. Tomorrow, Greater Toronto Bulb Society meeting at one thirty. Uh, the world of iris from bulbs and rhizomes. And, of course, they meet at the Cummer Park Community Centre, 6000 Leslie Street in Toronto. Thank you, Rosemary. You got that mention in there. Good Thank for you. Thank you, Franklin. Thank you, Sebastian. Thank you to all our amazing callers. And the car guys are coming up. And do they have a special guest? Well, no, I think they I might. see them. We'll find out revving very shortly. Engines. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.